It's an ICO Spotlight episode, and we've got two new projects that we'd like to share with you. One is making it easy to create and transfer virtual goods in the massive gaming space, and the other is creating frictionless payments in both crypto and fiat. Cool stuff coming your way in this ICO Spotlight episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Yes, and welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. It's an ICO spotlight with two ICOs that are featured today. Two, two ICOs. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you can't count, count. Joel <laughs> Tom here on this side of the microphone and through the miracle of miles and miles and miles of internet Google fiber, fiber. <laughs> and bandwidth. Over there is Travis Wright. Yes, I am in Kansas City, the home of uh, Google Fiber. So fast. It's we don't so- have it in Denver yet. I'm waiting. I'm still stuck with Comcast. I've got. You remember buffering? You remember that Bu- buffering of videos? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that anymore, you guys. I see what you did there. Uh, well, this is an ICO Spotlight. By the way, we're getting great feedback on these episodes. Uh, you know, as we pulled the ICOs out of our standard features in episodes and created this own program, it turns out there's a lot of people that love hearing about projects that we discover. And there are many that contact us. In fact, if you have an ICO or you're connected to somebody that has one that is a legitimate ICO with a token or a currency that is solving a real problem, then go to badcryptopodcast.com, click the contact us link, and there's a form where you can uh, contact us and tell us all about it. Yes, please. Only legit coins, no shit coins. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because we have so many coming our way, Travis, this is the episode of the show that is well vetted. It is sponsored. And so we want to make sure our disclaimers are really clear that we are being compensated in tokens for these interviews on this show. That is true. However, we have, you know, completely vetted them. These are ones that are doing cool stuff. I mean, that's the only one. There's, there's people that come to us that was like, eh, sorry, we don't care how much you want to pay. We're not going to do that. You know, we're not going to have any gambling ones or any adult-themed ones or any other sort of nefarious ones. They're only legit coins, right, Joel? Legitcoin.com. That should be a website. So yeah. uh, as we mentioned in the intro, there's two of them coming your way today, both fascinating. And so without any further ado to be done, let's jump into the first one. Here we go. And Travis, this ICO spotlight that we have right now is particularly close to my heart, but it's even closer to my mouse and keyboard because I am a lifelong gamer and that is what Engine Coin is based around. How cool is that? Yeah, you seem very excited about this one. As we were chatting previously, it's like I don't game as much as I used to. Uh, because, actually, I think my last game that I, my last console that I had was Nintendo sixty four, because I said, you know what, I can't be spending all this time playing video games. I got to learn things. <laughs> well, you know what, 
Nintendo hasn't made a Mario game as good as the one they made for N64 since then, so you're not missing I haven't missed that. out on much. You know what? I do like to play some app games. You know, there's a, I'm actually playing this one game right now called Bitcoin Billionaire, which uh, <laughs> is pretty fun. It's like you got all these little mining things, and there's all these little virtual things that you can buy that, you know, to, to make your game a little better. So actually, you know, virtual currency. So uh, highly relevant. And uh, so our guest today, we have the CTO of Engine. Which is what engine coin engine spelled E N J I N coin dot I O. We have the CTO with us, Vitek Radomsky. How are you doing today, good sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Yeah, and looks like you guys are more than knee deep. You're about shoulder high into your ICO as of this recording. Um, I'm showing that you're 89% done on this, but let's just go over a little bit about what engine coin is and uh, how it's tied to gaming sure so engine coin is uh it's built on the ethereum platform so it's an erc20 token and the purpose of it is to create an asset an item platform for games it's it's really about creating the first platform to, to create items that that you actually have ownership of so currently in games there's games where you you let's say, purchase an item. Um, it's just a, a digital item uh, that's on the centralized server of the game company. Um, there's also games where you can, you know, grind for items or maybe earn hats or whatever it is. And and you don't actually get ownership of those items. If anything happens to your account, if you get hacked or if, you're, if your account gets banned or anything happens to the game, you lose the items. So we're trying to bring crypto in here because the blockchain is finally a tool we have to assign ownership of items and, and have have that. I want my virtual hat, dang it, and I don't want anybody taking it from me. Exactly. That was actually a big deal in, uh, I remember playing Team Fortress 2, you know, when they really figured out that there was great monetization in selling silly hats for your cartoony characters, I imagine they made a lot of money from that. It's huge. It's huge in Team Fortress 2. And uh, I'm, I'm surprised we don't see it more often in games. And I think that when game developers will have a tool set like this to actually create items and scarcity and not have to worry about building your own trading platforms, all that will be done for them. I think that a lot more games will be coming out with this kind of stuff. Yeah, I find I find this really fascinating because, you know, that's I mean, Apple, you know, if you look at statistics through through mobile analytics, you know, more people spend more money on Apple and those games, uh, those in-game sort of items than they do typically on Android. And so my question is, is this token, is it for mobile apps and desktop games or and console games? Yes. It, How does it work? Yeah, it's it's going to work on all platforms, uh, consoles, PC, mobile. We're going to have uh, SDKs, software development kits, that we release for all the sort of major tools that that game developers use to make games. So uh, you'll be able to use your items on PC. You'll have a mobile wallet as well. You'll be able to use it on your mobile games. It could be used in all types of games. Uh, it could be first-person shooters, massive multiplayer games. It could be in Minecraft. Or you could be purchasing items on your mobile phone and 
gain those and, and trade those with other players and things like that. So this is actually a complete marketplace that opens it up so that anybody can create these virtual goods? Yes, yes. Um, it, it's it's more than a marketplace. It's actually the ability to create a game item that's represented on the blockchain. And you can go deeper with that. You can even add metadata into the item. And, and it, I would, for example, let's say there's um, some kind of Dungeons and Dragons style items and um, different games that follow that universe could use those same items across them and stuff. Well, that's, now that's an interesting thing. So now <laughs> I was just thinking in my head, like how funny it would be to use a magic spell in a baseball game. And then now you can carry that over and your super bat is, you can just crunch all the home runs, but that, that does not seem like it's not, cross com- not cross no. pat compatible. I don't think it'll go that far. But, uh, you know, one other interesting thing that I think the, one of the more, more fascinating things here is that gamers that play different games or move from game to game will be able to trade their items from their old game to players that play that game, and they can gain items in the new game that they're playing. So let's say they're playing an MMORPG, they get really powerful, they get some epic swords and armor sets, and they want to trade those away, and then they want to get some machine guns in their, you know, Grand Theft Auto game or whatever they're playing. Oh, that's cool because, you know, I collected a bunch of stuff. You know, in any game you're playing, you accumulate things. And then when you kind of get bored of that game, you're like, oh, I've got, you know, half a million gold and wow, but my friends really aren't playing it anymore and there's nothing to spend it on. But I would be able to maybe sell that gold to, of course, this is not a user generated. This is, you know, Blizzard owns that. But if it was something that was created by the community, I'd be able to then sell that or trade for something in a game that I'm now playing. Yeah, that's that, that's a really powerful thing. So, I mean, right now, games don't, there's not much, like people have tried to make, you know, free-to-play games have had some purchasable items before, but it hasn't really been explored because there hasn't really been a true ownership item platform out there. And crypto makes that possible. So I think we'll see new kinds of gameplay coming about, you know, ways to even earn items or earn uh, currency while you're playing games. Um, There's a lot of uh, interesting options here. Very nice. So, so basically, this is for virtual goods on the blockchains. You guys are creating this decentralized platform that's going to help manage and distribute and trade these virtual goods. I like that. I think that, uh, as you mentioned in your white paper, this is going to give gamers and content creators a new model of virtual ownership because it can almost be like an eBay of virtual goods, right? So here I am, I have this, I want to sell this. I no longer need it. Like, as I said, I was playing this game, Bitcoin billionaire. I'm almost done with it, but instead of having to tap the screen the whole time, you could actually upgrade and buy this little click minor thing that would do 30 clicks per second instead of you having to tap the screen. Now that I'm done with it, I could then sell it to somebody else in theory for what I spent it on or, or maybe a little bit less, then take those tokens and uh, and use them for something else. That's That's fascinating. Yeah. Another interesting part of this is that it's going to be finally possible to ensure that items have actual scarcity because instead of the game developer being able to print millions of copies of the same item, they'll be able to have a, a defined amount. Let's say maybe there's only 10,000 of this rare item or maybe even a few hundred of this rare item. So you've never had that really before because you can never ensure that there's scarce items. So this could be very interesting to look at. Let's talk a little bit about the token in the, the crowd sale. You are minting a billion ENJ 
tokens with a hard cap of about $25 million in tokens. Uh, is this a, uh, a currency or is this treated purely as a token? And the by virtue of that, are U.S. citizens allowed to participate in this ICO? So far, as I know, we're we're not we're saying that U.S. citizens are not uh, able to participate in the ICO. It's just the way things are these days. Um, but it's going to be a purely utility-based token. The, the the engine tokens are used to create these items. So if you want to create uh, a, a new sword and then you want to mint, let's say, a hundred thousand copies of that sword for use in your game, you have to commit a certain minimum amount of engine coins to do that. And those engine coins will be locked up in those items. A cool little feature of this is that if you have a sword, you earned it in the game or something like that, it'll have those engine tokens embedded in it. And any person who, let's say they don't, they're not able to trade it for, for anything, they could just melt that item down and they can take those engine tokens out that were contained in that item. For the full value? Yeah, well, for the value that was that, that was minted for, we okay. Let, let me actually get into this a little bit. We have two methods of doing this. There's there's one method where we have a fixed reserve, where it's let's say an item is worth one engine coin. That'll that'll item will always be worth one engine coin. Uh, and then there's a second method we have, which is based on the Bancor token. We partnered with Bancor, and they're a sort of on-chain exchange. And what will happen is as the market recognizes the value of an item in the game, people will trade it on chain and the engine coins inside that item will rise or, or go down depending on what the market thinks of it. So the, the, the actual items will sort of trail what the, the market value is. And then you can melt them down and get what the market thinks the value is. So it's kind of like a Kelly's Blue Book of virtual items <laughs> in these games kind of, right? That's that's a that's a pretty cool analogy, but yeah, it's it, it'll the market will will decide what what these items are worth, and then you can you can trade them to other players, or you can just melt them down. The game creator gets the ability to to mint a new copy of that, and you get the engine coins back. Right on. So let me ask about the the actual mechanics of this, right? So, um, are you guys which blockchain are you building your token on? And uh, when what's the roadmap look like? How soon um, is the engine going to be done? Uh, is are you using this ICO money to actually build your technology? Is it mostly built already? Uh, how, what are we looking at there? Okay, so we're building it on Ethereum because uh, it it has such a robust set of development tools and it's evolving so fast. So it's an Ethereum token, and uh, our roadmap is pretty aggressive, but we can totally get this done. We in, by the end of this year. We're going to have a Minecraft plugin so people can just put that Java file on their servers and it'll be automatically enabled and they can instantly start minting these items in their Minecraft server. Uh, we'll also have a Java SDK. So any um, Android game that uses Java or any Java-based uh, game game platform can use that. And literally, they, they put the SDK in their game and they can start linking up their items in the game and it'll work with that. We also have a mobile smart wallet that we're in. We're already in development for quite a few weeks now, and the smart wallet is sort of the key to making all this work because crypto is kind of hard to use. I mean, you tell the average person who has never heard of crypto, and they have to, you know, get these wallets, learn what all these 
crazy, you know, long addresses are and all this stuff. So the mobile smart wallet we're doing, uh, it's going to make it really easy to use. So you go into the game, the, the, the wallet will link up with the game. And any transaction you do, you'll get a little notification on your wallet and you can see the, the details. Like you're going to send, you know, this many engine coins or you're going to send a sword to Joe. Do you want to accept this transaction? And you just hit accept, and that's all that happens, and, and the transaction happens in the background. It's going to make it really easy to use crypto. So we're, we're doing that for, for the end of the year. We're going to have the smart wallet. We're going to have the Java SDK and the Minecraft plugin and a few of the smart contracts that form the core functionality. And then in 2018, we have a, a huge laundry list of features we're doing, like uh, Unity. We're, we're, Unity's a very popular game SDK used by mobile games and a lot of indie games. As well as AR and VR, correct? Yeah, actually, yeah. The, both uh, Unity and UDK, uh, Unreal Development Kit, they both are, they all work with uh, Oculus Rift and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, you can make virtual items that can go into your VR games. For sure. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I'm looking at the site now for you guys that want to see what he's talking about as far as the app is concerned. There's uh, some pictures of the wallet here. And it's just, it's all so very gamified. And, you know, that makes me happy. I, I really um, wish you guys much success with this um, this crowd sale and then the development of the technology. Uh, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about Engine Coin? Uh well, it's we have a, a huge amount of features in our white paper, so I'd, I'd love uh, for you to read it and uh, come on our Telegram and chat to us. We're always on there. Uh, we love chatting with people. We get a lot of ideas from the community, and we're implementing all these. And yeah, the crowd sale is still on, so it's still possible to get some engine coins. And uh, yeah, we're we're I think we're gonna make the the first sort of real usable economy like the real usable token in the, in the ICO space where it's not just people holding things and speculating on them it's actually going to be a, a, an application they can use they can go spend it in the games they can make items they can trade them there's there's a lot that's going to be happening so it's not just going to be like a hodl thing like it's a real usable currency and I really want to see that in crypto I want to know about this. So just so so the folks know the tokenomics of the engine coin, uh, if somebody were to, you know, uh, buy in with one Ethereum right now, what does that entail? And how long until your ICO is uh, complete? Okay, well, for a very limited time for the next, uh, basically until Tuesday early morning, uh, you'll get 5,000 engine coins per one Ethereum. And after Tuesday, uh, we're moving on to the week three of the ICO, and it'll go down to 4,000 engine coins per Ethereum. We're going until the end of October with the crowd sale. Okay. And, and just give me an example here before we wrap up. If I want to, let's say I create a fun hat, and I want to put that onto the blockchain. How, does, uh, how many tokens does that cost me to create that? And then how do I know what to charge for it? Okay, well, the minimums are going to be extremely low. So it, it also depends on how many of the hats you want to create. So if you're making one hat, it'll probably cost about one engine coin. But if you're, if you're going to be creating 10,000 hats or 100,000 hats, it'll be a fraction of an engine coin, the minimum you can put in. So there's, there's always has to be a little bit of a barrier to entry. So people aren't just creating billions and billions of them. There has to be a little bit of barrier to entry, a uh, little bit of you know, skin in the game creating the items, but it's going to be very minimal cost. And, and the, the prices will always auto-adjust based on how many items are in the like in circulation, how, how many people are using it. Sure. Well, if there's no scarcity, there's, uh, there's no value. Right on. And where can people connect with you online? 
Uh, you can get on our Telegram channel. We're always on, seems to be almost 24-7. Uh, so it's uh, you can go on our website, enginecoin.io, and click the Telegram link. We also have a Slack and all the other places. Vitek Radomski, and he is the co-founder and CTO of EngineCoin. The website is enginecoin.io. You'll find it, um, the links in the show notes on the website. And uh, go check it out, see what you guys think. Thanks a lot, Vitek. Thanks a lot. It was great. You know, in the blockchain age, those who can solve the problems of fast payments, fast transactions with minimal transaction fees are the ones that have a major advantage. And in this ICO spotlight, we are joined by Brian Tan. He is the CEO of Paycent.com. It's P-A-Y-C-E-N-T. And they are seeking to provide one of those solutions. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, Brian. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Excellent. So I was taking a look at your site. And so it's Paycent, P-A-Y-C-E-N-T. And you guys are basically, you guys are saying that you are enabling everyone in the Paycent chain. So this is allowing more people to be able to accept and spend uh, their crypto more more effectively and easily. Is that correct? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So what Paycent is, is actually a dual wallet. So we actually, within the app, have a fiat wallet and a crypto wallet side by side. So we're making it simple for a person to actually transfer funds between crypto and fiat. Bearing in mind, of course, we do have a quite a fair bit of a payments ecosystem connected to it. That, that's actually, you know, a lot of people still don't understand how to spend their crypto. And it looks like you guys intend to make it easy uh, by using both wallets, which I see you already have links to a wallet, both on the App Store and in Google Play, and also with debit cards. So uh, I'm assuming the goal here is just to make this so drop-dead easy that people aren't really thinking in terms of crypto, but in terms of currency. You're absolutely right. So uh, what we're looking at is the ability for them to actually you know, decide then then what they want to use, right? Do they want to use their fiat money or do they want to use their crypto money, right? So uh, spend it on with the debit card or actually just pay your home utility bills, you know, like gas, water, and electric uh, just from, from the app itself. That, that is interesting. So you have a dual wallet. So you have, as you mentioned, a fiat currency wallet and you have the crypto wallet. Now, does that debit card work in coordination with the app? So I'm able to swipe this and say, take this out of my current, out of my fiat or take this out of my crypto. Is that how that works? Right. Uh, but uh, it's, it's just one step extra in the sense that uh, we can't do it per transaction basis. It has to be by the bill. So basically, you, you actually end up at the end of the month, you have to decide, you know, you either pay with fiat or with crypto. Okay, so if I'm at a grocery store and right. I want to do, and I'm buying my groceries right now, mm-hmm. I have to predetermine at the grocery store which type of currency I'm going to be using ahead of time? No, 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 no. Uh, as I said, so you can actually just spend it as per normal in the fiat world. Uh, but when it comes time to pay your monthly bill, that's the only time that you have to then decide which, which uh, currency you want to use. Ah, so it's, it's, it's not like a debit card per se. It's almost kind of like a credit card. So you're paying the bill at the end of the month of whatever you spent with your cryptocurrency or fiat money? 
I don't, I don't quite um, understand that. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it is still a debit card. Uh, we will actually take money. Remember one thing. It's basically uh, as our, F, well, our APIs go, it actually just checks whether you have enough money in there. And what happens is it just locks it up for time being until we want to, mm. we need you to pay. So it's it's more more or less like if you go to a hotel right now, uh, they actually swipe your card or, you know, when you rent a car, they swipe your card and, and a block book say a thousand bucks just just for for the sake of for using it that makes sense and then so that way at the end of the month you have one transaction which is going to minimize the amount of transaction fees correct sir correct exactly uh-huh. got it now one of the keys to making this successful as we start, said when we started is that the transactions need to be fast and the the fees need to be minimal. So how quickly are you able to move money on the PaySend platform? And then what kind of transaction fees are people looking at? Since it is uh, a dual wallet within the same app, so uh, transferring from fiat to crypto, it's close. I I won't say instantaneous, but it's close to instantaneous in the sense that uh, we have our own block where we actually verify it and then we send it out. Uh, for the fees, it's basically just 1.5% conversion from fiat to crypto or vice versa. Uh, what we're doing for the ICO itself is basically our token holders get about 33% back as a revenue share uh, from that exchange or that fee that we, we, we levy on the, um, the changing of crypto to fiat. So that makes sense there to me. That is, that's interesting. I'm, I'm taking a look at your white paper and mm-hmm. uh, that is available. If you go to paysent.com, uh, the white paper is right there up at the top and you can actually, uh, depending on which language you want, uh, I assume you're listening in English. So you can uh, download the, the, uh, the English version of uh, the white paper right there. I want to talk about uh, Brian real quick, the, yep. uh, the connection between Paysent and then mm-hmm. TechCent, T-E-X-C-E-N-T. That is the uh, the mother company, right, of yes. PaySent. So h- what is the relationship there and how and how does that work? And what maybe made you think to uh, spin off and create uh, this new this new company? Well, uh, what we did was uh, it's, it was pure logical because we came from a different angle uh, in the sense that uh, – Texan was the mother company, as you mentioned rightly, and patents the app. What's happening around the world as we look is basically that we're coming in from the fiat world where we do need to be licensed in certain areas. So this is where uh, we actually spin off, um, you know, big daughter companies just for the licensing of the fiat world. So we actually license in Singapore, Hong Kong, and UAE at the moment, and in the application for the licenses of uh, several other countries. So in this sense, uh, we actually, you know, had Texan as a mother company and Payson as the ones applying for the licenses. Well, what I like here is that, you know, a couple of things when we looked at this, because we do vet a lot of companies, is that, first of all, you have an existing business that's already taking place and you already have an app. There's a lot of ICOs that, hey, if we raise the capital, then we will develop. But this is something that's already in process. And Right now, when I launch the app, I see it's available in Singapore and the Philippines. Is uh, is there a goal for going global with this? 
Uh, yes, 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 you're absolutely right. So uh, right now we launched what we call this, these are our launch countries. It was mainly for the sake of uh, getting our processes in place and of course our licenses that were ready for Singapore and the Philippines. Uh, we have timeline to go global. It is, uh, I, I would say, because we are an uh, app that straddles both the fiat and the crypto world, it is not as quick as uh, everybody can do it in, in the crypto world where it's just a global launch. We actually have to take into account licenses on the fiat side world. And because we are still a payments company, we are still building the ecosystems minus the uh, credit or debit card scenario where we actually pay to uh, home utilities, telco bills and gas and electric. This is great. Now, I'm curious about this. So you have the dual wallet, and then you have the ability to transfer fiat to cryptocurrency and then cryptocurrency to fiat pretty seamlessly for just that 1.5% transaction fee. Now, which cryptocurrencies can your fiat be transferred into and which fiat currencies can your cryptocurrencies be turned into? This is where it gets a bit more uh, interesting in the sense that for cryptocurrencies at the moment, we're just doing three. Uh, we're testing with Bitcoin, Ethereum, and actually Litecoin uh, nice. for the crypto side. For the fiat side, uh, this is where we actually need to go by country. If you register, say, for example, if you register yourself as uh, with a U.S. phone and we do a KYC on you, it technically you get USD as your base currency for the mm -hmm. fiat world. So in the fiat sense, uh, we are not a money changer. So you will only have one default currency and that uh, is whatever you... So say, for example, I move to the Philippines or I'm just traveling to the Philippines because I have business partners there, a company called Staff Virtual, and I work there every once right. in a while. Am I able to say, hey, while I'm here, I need to have my uh, currency you know, transfer, my crypto converted into you know, my Philippines fiat currency, is that, am I able to do that if I'm, if I'm there for a period of time or would I need to set up a new account to do that? How would that work? Uh, well, two ways, right? One, of course, is you can set up a new account with a, a local phone number and okay. that gives you Philippine pesos. But because we actually incorporated in the merchant side things, you actually can use your wallet and spend, you know, in, gotcha. in pesos, right? So, okay. uh, Go to the 7-Eleven, you know, scan us and then pay. Then the question again, right? So if you're not using a debit card and you're just scanning, you can opt to actually decide to use crypto straight off and pay for that pack of gum at 7-Eleven. Mm -hmm. well, and it's really about making it friction-free. And uh, of course, that's one of the thing, reasons that uh, you know, we're excited about crypto in general is, you know, to make it all frictionless and, and the, the ways that you're setting up for people to be able to choose, you know, how they manage us can help to ease the friction for people. Let's talk a little bit about the token itself. It's PYN. Is that correct, Brian? Is the actual token symbol? Yes, it's PYN. Uh, we want to call it Pesentos. Oh, I see. And may, yes, CC. So right now you're in pre-ICO. And uh, for those listening to this, they may have moved into ICO phase already. But if you go to paycent.com, you'll see. Explain to us how the, the function of the token, how does it work? So the token, it's actually a utility token. It is used to pay fees for the, the exchange of crypto to fiat. 
That's one. And of course, we are in the process uh, down the line to actually build the exchange in Dubai. We are in talks right now. And that will be also used as fees to pay for the exchange services that, uh, that third parties would use when they would link to our exchange down the line. That is excellent. Let me ask you this. So if somebody were to, to uh, participate in your ICO, now what is the tokenomics of this? How much does one Ether uh, get you in pesentos? Right. So one Ether gives you at the moment 600 pesentos. And of course, since we're in pre-ICO, you get a 33% bonus on pesentos at the moment. Mm. And is this available in America for, uh, to uh, participate in the ICO? Right. So the U.S. is something where we actually say we're not actually accepting U.S. citizens at the moment. Uh, the reason being is uh, during our ICO, um, this is all lawyer talk. If anything were to be issued out from the federal government, uh, that would actually impact us quite a fair bit. Well, we're all keeping our eyes on that. I also noticed if uh, you go to the website here that uh, like some other ICOs, you have a bounty program. And for those not familiar with those, a certain number of Pesentos tokens are being set aside for those who want to share about this ICO on social media and on various forums and uh, in uh, YouTube. And then uh, I, I guess a certain amount of those tokens is divided somehow by the number of shares or points, how does that work? Right. It's, it's actually by number of shares. So uh, what we do is basically get up all the, uh, the uh, marketing, what we call the marketing bounty and uh, issue shares based on, you know, number of videos created, number of blogs posted and uh, some key signatures in uh, forums. And that will be put out on a spreadsheet. It's quite open. And uh, the guys at the end of the day share that bounty pool all in percentos. Excellent. So if you like the program and, you know, maybe uh, Travis and I will talk more about bounty programs in the future because we haven't really addressed that on the show yet. But essentially, this is a way to get some free tokens, right? Exactly. You know, give us some 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 time and we'll give you some nice tokens. Very nice. Pesento love. love. A little Pesentos for our our friends. Good stuff. That's a great way to get the community involved and start becoming familiar with uh, your token and the utility of that as well. So when will the ICO begin? What are the details? When is that going to end? And is there any other information that uh, we we would like to share with, uh, with the audience? Well, yes, um, it's currently in pre-ICO, but the actual ICO starts on the 2nd of November and runs till the 30th. So uh, please get in early. Uh, we do see, okay, it's not it's not going to be sold out in 10 minutes, but we do see a fast pace of take-up. So uh, we encourage everybody to just uh, come on in. For, for the side of the investors, what we would like to actually say is that, uh, like we, we mentioned earlier, is that uh, we are one of the few ICOs that actually have a working product that actually straddles both the fiat and crypto ecosystem. So it's making it a lot easier for the larger audience uh, on the fiat side to come in to a crypto ecosystem with kind of a regulated fiat product. Payson. Excellent. And where is, uh, I know people can go to the website and click the contact us. Where is your most active social platform for people to engage with you? Right now, it's Telegram. Uh, Slack is picking up, but uh, we encourage you to come to Telegram. It's, it's lively, but uh, you know, you're going to get tons. 
That's great. Well, you know, Slack just seems to be turning into uh, a spam fest, unfortunately, because it's a great tool, but, and a lot of people are, you know, the scammers are using it to try to seize tokens from others. So I'm glad to see you using Telegram. Yes, yes. Uh, We've seen that happening just in the recent months, actually. That is true. Well, hey, Brian, we really appreciate you, you know, jumping on Bad Crypto with us and talking about your ICO. Uh, We certainly wish you the very best in success here. And, you know, as Joel mentioned earlier, we talked to a lot of companies that are that are doing ICOs and we're vetting them. And one of the things that struck us about you is that you have an existing company, right? Techcent, you've been around. How long has Techcent been around, by the way? About three years. Techcent has been around for three years. Yeah. Very nice. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you jumping on. Thank you, Joel. Thanks, Travis. The Bad Crypto Podcast. What do we say? Pretty cool stuff, right? You know, that's what I love about these ICO spotlights. We're going inside the ICOs that are doing cool stuff. Really a big fan of the ones today. You know, Joel, you're a big gamer. What were your What were your thoughts on uh, on in the engine? I think you know, having bought virtual goods in games before i get it and it kind of reminds me a little bit about second life you know the game that was popular years ago where Mm -hmm. people would monetize with in-game their creations and now i would imagine that and i didn't ask him this in the interview but i'm guessing that people that are in second life would be able to put the items they're creating on the blockchain and sell them to others through those means, what does that do to the whole Linden dollars economy? I don't know, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, you have a lot of experience like playing World of Warcraft. And I read that World of Warcraft actually had Bitcoins. They would use Bitcoins back in the day to, to sell and trade items in the early days of Bitcoin. So hopefully some of those folks held on to some of those Bitcoin because you know, could you imagine? Yeah, I got this really amazing sword in World of Warcraft, you guys. And like, yeah, but mm, I don't know. That's about $1.7 million uh, invisible sword. Right. <laughs> right. And then, you know, PaySent, I think, you know, the thing, um, there, there's a number of systems out there that are being created for wallets that have fast transactions and uh, also low transaction fees. But I really like that these guys have been in business for three years already. This is, these are not the new kids on the block. They do have the right stuff. Oh, oh, and it's a legit coin, right? So they are already in the financial world. They're in Singapore, I believe, right? And that's a top market for fintech. And they've been in this space for three years dealing primarily in fiat. Now they're building these dual wallets where you can go back and forth from the fiat of your country over to Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Litecoin. And then they'll add other ones as they, they move along. But Wow, to me, in a financial fintech world where cryptocurrency and ease of use is a thing, I'm curious to see how this you know, debit card system and app system works compared to some of the other ones that we've seen. So it'll be definitely interesting. And plus, they've been around. They're not a new company trying to build something from the ground up. And that's where I think we're going to start seeing more and more uh, as we move in, in the future here is existing companies that are already successful moving into the blockchain world and starting to release their tokens, very similar to how the Kick Messenger did, Joel. 
people of bad cryptopia join the conversation with us go find us on facebook facebook.com forward slash bad crypto like our page follow us on twitter at bad crypto at bad crypto podcast on instagram and of course make sure you get your hands on some free bad coin want to know how go look us up on one of those profiles because bad cryptober is in full effect thanks for listening and make sure you subscribe review we like that too and now i'm rhyming because that's what i do and until next time stay bad The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.